there was an idea. Cole. <laughs> Am I seriously doing this? Uh, okay. <clears throat> it's very like, in a world where one man talks into a microphone in a room. <laughs> okay, okay. There was an idea called the Fandom Handbook. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people and see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when you needed them to. To explain fandoms like others never could. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Fandom Handbook. I'm your host, Tony Pinella. And this show is here to give you a little taste of what a particular series or franchise has to offer and help you curate the perfect place to start. If you're interested in hearing more about what this podcast is going to be in general, I recorded a little series trailer that I released prior to this first full episode. So if you want, go listen to that. And you can also follow the podcast on social media. We are at fandom underscore handbook that's f-a-n-d-o-m underscore h-a-n-d-b-o-o-k and that's our handle on facebook twitter and instagram so be sure to go there for updates on new episodes or to reach out with suggestions for future fandoms to cover on the show you never know maybe we'll end up making an episode about that one series that's been gathering dust in your netflix queue or the movie franchise your friend is obsessed with and you totally meant to watch it before now but you just don't know where to start. So, with all that said, let's get into today's fandom. Today, we are covering the behemoth of a franchise known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU for short. Now, this series of movies, which began in 2008, includes 20 different films at the time this episode is being released. Clearly, I thought I'd start things off easy for myself. <laughs> no, but seriously, th this franchise is so huge, we actually split it into two episodes. Part one, which covers the first half of the MCU, also prioritizes experiencing the series as a whole. You know, someone who's in this for the long haul and really wants to dig their teeth into this franchise. Uh, while part two covers the other half, um, but also features a more streamlined movie marathon geared toward catching up rather than, you know, taking your time and smelling the roses. Which is fair, because in this case, there are a very high quantity of roses. So I don't, I don't blame you if you're like, I just want to see a movie in theaters and know what's happening. <laughs> you can listen to either or both of those, depending on what you want out of this franchise in particular. Uh, so on this episode, I'll start by giving you some background information on the fandom, after which I will assemble a panel of nerds to go through and highlight the first 12 films of this franchise. We'll give you a small taste of what each installment is like, and then let you know which of the films we believe are worth watching, and which we think are skippable. Finally, in a segment called The Starter Pack, my guests and I will curate what we believe to be the perfect three films in this series for newcomers. 
three films that work as a solid litmus test for whether or not the MCU is right for you. So if you wanna to jump to a particular part of this episode, there are time codes for each topic in the episode description, so you can do that. Without further ado, let's begin. Marvel Comics have existed since 1939, and throughout the years, there have been several adaptations of the superheroes from those comic book stories. However, one of the major achievements that make this current franchise, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, stand out is the fact that the creators of these films had the foresight to take each of these individual characters, like Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, give them their own individual movies, but also have them meet up from time to time in other movies, all of them existing in one large, overarching, interconnected story, hence the term cinematic universe. Although we currently live at a time where Hollywood seems obsessed with producing these large franchises structured like this, where every movie is linked to one another, th that wasn't always the case, and considering Marvel in particular was arguably what jump-started this trend now, it's understandable that people can get confused as to which superheroes specifically belong to these movies. So I think it's best to very quickly cover who does not belong in this series before highlighting the movies and characters who do appear. First off, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and anyone else related to the Justice League belongs to rival comics company DC Comics. So not Marvel. Um, you will not see Captain America and Batman hanging out. Um, actually, a good rule of thumb to decipher whether or not a hero belongs to Marvel Comics or DC uh, Marvel Comics, their characters tend to hang out in real-world locations. For instance, Iron Man lives in New York City, while Ant-Man lives in San Francisco, uh, while DC Comics characters tend to spend their time in fictional cities. For instance, Superman grew up in Smallville, while Batman is from Gotham. Now, in the 1990s, Marvel Comics was not doing very well financially, so they sold off the movie rights to some of their characters to keep the company afloat. Jump forward to the late 2000s, Disney had bought Marvel, but they could only use the characters whose movie rights had not been previously sold off. Makes sense, right? They could only work with the characters who they had left. Collider Video actually has a really good in-depth video guide to which characters belong to which movie studios, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes. But for now, here is a short list of the commonly confusing Marvel characters that other companies own the rights to and are not part of the MCU. 20th Century Fox has control of the X-Men, including Wolverine and Deadpool, so none of the Hugh Jackman X-Men movies are in the MCU, as well as the Fantastic Four. So 20th Century Fox does not make movies for the MCU. And the only other one I'll bring up that's a little confusing, Spider-Man. Sony Studios retains the rights to Spider-Man, which is why Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies, as well as Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man movies, do not count toward the MCU. However, later when the MCU became such a huge hit, Sony and Disney actually came to an agreement and worked together to reboot a third iteration of Spider-Man so that they could have this version played by Tom Holland officially be part of the MCU. And that's a weird exception, and there are other exceptions, but for now, that's as far as I'm gonna go with that overview. So, from here on out, all the characters you'll hear about are part of this series, 
Uh, most of them are either affiliated with the Avengers or the Guardians of the Galaxy. The only other disclaimer I have before we get into the movies is related to spoilers. So, some people are sticklers about not having their experience ruined, and since this podcast is geared toward newcomers, we obviously want to be as spoiler-free as possible. However, it can be really difficult to talk about a later installment in a series without referencing anything that comes before it. So, throughout the episode, once we've covered a movie and we move on to what's next, we may refer to minor events from that film. Nothing major, like the death of a character, just simple things, like points of reference to help give our advice context. You know, for example, if we were talking about the Toy Story movies, and I mentioned that in Toy Story 3, Andy is moving to college and has to decide what to do with his childhood toys, it could technically be argued (laughs) that... Saying that spoils the fact that Andy isn't killed off or abducted by aliens during the first two movies, and just the simple fact that he's still in the series just spoils his existence, I guess, which I I don't think that in particular is really significant to the viewing experience. But if you want to be extra cautious about how much you know, then I would suggest only listening through as many of the movies that you want to be introduced to and then come back to this episode after you've watched that far to continue listening. Or you can just use the time codes, as I mentioned, in the episode description to jump to the specific movies you want to hear about. But there's no reason to worry. We were very careful in our conversation and the way we worded things, Uh, so there's no fear of having anything crucial or even stuff that isn't too crucial spoiled. We were very, very careful. With all that out of the way... Let's actually get to talking about these movies. Coming up here is a roundtable featuring Dev Mina, Sidney Shuck, and Lee Friedman as we go over movies from the MCU. All right, so I have here with me three members of the uh, Nerds of the Round Table, as I will be calling it throughout the series. Uh, table's actually square. It, yeah. You're the worst, Lee. Um, <laughs> so to my left, I have Mr. Lee Friedman, I have Dev Mina, and uh, Mina, right? Yes. Have I been saying that wrong? No, yeah. you're saying it right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And Sydney Shuck, um, and we're going to discuss all things Marvel. Uh, we're going to start with phase one. Um, yeah. But uh, before we the get into very that, best place to start. It, start in the very beginning. Um, but before we get into that, I'd love to hear, just for the people at home, wh- how, how did you start with the Marvel movies? Where did you start? How did you get into it? Um, how about we start with Mr. Lee? I mean, I started at the beginning because I think I was in high school at the time. And, you know, superhero movie. Oh, yeah, cool. Let's go see that. And it wasn't in the all the superhero movie phase where like every single movie was that since it was Iron Man and that kind of got it going. So you did see the the first Iron Man in theaters? Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw it, I won't say I saw it with my dad, but I honestly don't know. But I kind of just kept going after that. Cool. Sounds good. What about you? Um, I kind of got into Marvel superheroes in general um, with when they originally made the Spider-Man films. I was really into Spider-Man when I was younger um, because I was kind of young when that film came out and I just got really into it. I started reading a lot of the Spider-Man comics. I had the collectible cards. I was really into Spider-Man in that phase. So that kind of got me into those superheroes. And then when Iron Man came out, um, I was actually working at a movie theater for a few years in high school. 
and it made me resent any big blockbusters that came out because That's they amazing. were because we would be so busy and so like we'd all be working overtime. So I missed the first couple of Marvel movies just because like it just annoyed me so much how big the crowds they brought in were. For a while, I just had a big resentment for blockbusters, mm. um, just like on a personal level. So the first one I think I saw was Thor. And then, oh, like, had to kind of work backwards because when Avengers came out, I wanted to be ready for it because I was excited for it. Cool. Yeah. That's that's really great. Sydney, so you're the, the newest to the yes. franchise out of the four I of us. I was five when Iron Man came out. So, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, we're uh, old. Yeah. <laughs> the first one I saw was Spider Man Homecoming, and that was opening day when I was on vacation at mm-hmm. a small little theater in Cape Cod. And then we went back to our house and I just binged all of them that summer. Watched every single See, one. That's a lot Except of movies Hulk. to catch up on. Yes, that is like yeah. But you were committed. You were, I was you were so committed. Texting me and telling me you just like breeze yeah. through those I movies. I texted Tony and I asked him for like the list. Like how should I watch these? I got yeah. to watch them in chronological order yeah. too, instead of like release order, which was yeah. nice. Which oh, you, that's a whole topic of what order do you watch them in? So um, I started with First Avenger instead of yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. It must also be interesting though, because now like you get used to watching them in a row, and then now you have to wait like a year. Exactly. That must be terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My Marvel story. I started with Captain America. I caught up with my best friend over the summer, and then I saw Avengers. That was my first one in theaters, and mind blown that these films set up this larger storyline between all of them. Um, Yeah. And the rest is history. I love these movies. Um, So let's start with Phase One. So for those of you at home, the way that Marvel sort of organizes them is uh, by phase. So there's about six-ish movies in each phase. Uh, phase one, which started in 2008, uh, includes the first Iron Man movie, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, the first Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the very first Avengers movie titled The Avengers. So starting with Iron Man, uh, we're going to go through and... We're going to rank each of these movies based on whether they are worth watching or if they're not exactly worth your time and they're skippable. The first film in the franchise, Iron Man, which was released in 2008. A genius, billionaire, playboy, visionary inventor named Tony Stark is conducting weapons tests overseas when terrorists kidnap him and force him to build a devastating weapon. Instead, he builds an armored suit and retaliates against his captors. Upon returning to America, Stark refines the suit and uses it to combat crime and terrorism. Um, so who wants to start with Iron Man? Thoughts? I have, I have some thoughts on Bring this it. one. I actually, I, I would say that this one is a must watch. Not necessarily because of the plot or the story in it, but just because I think that you, you see such a progression with the Marvel movies as they go like from the, like the first one to the most recent one. And I think it's, it's just really interesting to see how they kind of found their speed and, and found their tone. And I think that a lot of that happened in Iron Man because they honestly just kind of copied Robert Downey Jr.'s tone. Like, like when you hear people talk about these movies, they say like he improvs so much and he has a very specific style. When he does interviews, you can see that really is just him. And I think that in that movie you can kind of start seeing them finding like oh this is really working like his style is working and the way that they kind of like take that and run with it in the next movies I just think is really interesting like on a filmmaking level all right Sydney do you do you agree is it a must watch yeah I think it's a must watch must watch okay well I think all of the original like four like Iron Man the first no not Hulk but (laughs) Iron Man (laughs) Thor and the first Captain America 
I would say those are like a must watch so you get to know your characters because you kind of have to stick with them for the whole yeah that's whole fair thing. and you want to get some of those origin stories uh, you know set in stone I have a different opinion I don't mean to be controversial right off the yeah. bat I I love Iron Man I think Iron Man is a fantastic character and when you look at him in the context of all the MCU we start with him and we see this character's progression through all 19 of these films thus far but I don't think the first movie is it's it lives on that line between skippable and must watch for me yeah because I don't disagree but if you if we said it was skippable for you then my question would be at what point do we get in if you were cutting it down and saying which of the first ones the first phase we had to watch where will we get our introduction to Tony Stark? See, I feel like a lot of Phase 1 isn't must-watch. It's watchable, and if right. you've seen the MCU, it's worth coming back to. But I think this is more so a testament to how good the first Avengers movie is. From the first scene you meet Tony Stark in that movie, you get who he is. Yeah. It gets a solid introduction. You don't need to have known his entire backstory to understand this character. But I he, don't though, think you can appreciate Avengers as much if you haven't had some sort of introduction to them. And don't to get some me wrong, of the characters, you when we know go... I love Avengers, and I, it's my favorite one. But I think if that was the only one I saw, I didn't see any of the other core movies, it, it wouldn't have as much merit with the characters. Mm-hmm. And actually, one of my best friends, I tr- this was years and years ago, I turned on Avengers, asked him, hey, so you've seen the previous ones, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, cool. And we kept watching. Oh, no. And he turns to me and he's like, and this is when uh, Thor came in. He's like, why is he talking like that? Oh. And then, you know, Cap's saying certain things or doesn't understand certain things. He's like, where has this dude been? <laughs> so, and it just yeah. it doesn't make as much sense. And we take for granted the See, amount of information but that I we're do, given. But I do think that you can watch the Avengers and then go back. Because if you watch them and you are, if you have those questions, I think it still really lands if you watch yes. the Avengers and then say, I want to know more. The origin story is going to look yeah. like a flashback almost like, yeah. here's how I, I got here. I, I, and I think that it does that. land I just like that. meant in like the skippable yeah. never coming yeah. to that. But also, because you, <laughs> you did mention, um, you did mention kind of like backstory and not even so much backstory but like like with Tony Stark he is one of the the characters that throughout the whole like 19 movies I think does go on one of the biggest journeys like development wise and you don't need that necessarily but I do think it's just I think that that's actually very good writing and it is interesting to kind of see where he goes from like from that first movie to the 19th movie. And I absolutely agree. He really agree. goes somewhere and it's and it's like well done. Large scale, his character yeah. is incredibly important. My th- with the actual movie itself, if you look at just the film, I'm, yeah. not, a, I'm not crazy about no, it. I love the character. I'll agree with you on that. But yeah. what I will say is uh, the actual plot yeah. isn't the most, it's kind of a basic origin story. Yeah. And if you care, if you already care about the character yeah. and you want to go back, then I'd say it's definitely worth watching or, or stories must watch. are always so but always, to like start yeah. off with Iron Man I don't know if I would start there I, that's an interesting that's very point fair. yeah you I don't need agree to with start with I don't, don't think it's going to hook Iron people yeah. the same well, way so that a conversation other. that we had when we were just doing the rewatch this past time when we started with Iron Man I think we we both felt a little underwhelmed I definitely yeah. remember oh, that. Oh, definitely. Well, we That's had a conversation I'm that remembering. since then, everything has kind of gone better and improved. But at the time that it came out, oh, totally. it mm-hmm. was fantastic. Oh, you had to yeah. start somewhere. But now like, that we have 
frankly, much better movies That's just on so many point, different yeah. points. It's a little lackluster. It was now. groundbreaking, but then, at the but time, yeah. it was considered a fantastic movie. I remember loving it and like thinking it was great. And now it's like, okay, that's well, fine. it's set a new standard for superhero movies. Absolutely, oh, totally. And it made because now when a superhero movie comes out, you know it's gonna break box office records for one thing. Yes. You, it just it has this kind of momentum where you know like those it's like a, it's gonna be a big movie where that wasn't how it used to be. Like there used to be superhero movies released all the time, and it was nice and cool and people went to see them, but it wasn't what it is now. It didn't exactly. have that. Right. Like this and yeah. Iron Man in comparison to those was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, you know, with yeah. all the We've gotten ones. a lot better since then. But yeah. there is some appreciation there. I, I, I understand that. So, Lee, for the record, you say it's a must-watch? Or is it or is it worth, like, if you can get to it, it's worth your time? I wouldn't say you have to, but I would encourage. Okay. That yeah. line I was towing, I, I, I'll lean to the, the worth-watching side. I think you're very right, though, that you don't need to watch it first. You do no, not. You do and not yeah. later on in the... Uh, in the starter kit yeah. uh, segment, we're going to talk about which movies to start with, what yeah. will help you determine yeah. which MCU movies will be the best introduction to this franchise and to this world, yeah. and whether or not it's going to be your thing or not. Yeah. Um, all right, so Iron Man, overall, very important, definitely worth watching. The Incredible Hulk, released later in 2008, is about scientist Bruce Banner played by Edward Norton in this movie, and only this movie, as he desperately seeks a cure for the gamma radiation that contaminated his cells and turned him into the Hulk. Unfortunately, he's forced out of hiding and is back on the run when he's found in Brazil by the United States Army, who seeks to weaponize Banner's mutation. Let's talk about the Incredible Hulk. Throw <laughs> it uh, in the trash. And this is, must skip. This is must I skip. This is shoot it with gamma rays. I tried to watch watched. it last night for the first time and I couldn't get past what the you, credits. I couldn't. The even, opening credits. The opening credits. Well, I that's, okay. It gave so, you the whole story right there. That's a, well. Exactly. The, that's the interesting part of the story is his actual origin, and we spend none of the movie on his actual origin. We yeah. just throw it out the window and go. Okay, all the cool stuff's happened. Now let's watch him run away. But even they um, know that. Even they know that that movie, like, it's the one you pretend doesn't exist. It's right. the one you say, like, we didn't get a Hulk movie. Like, we, you know. And yeah. we are early on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, we're yeah. still finding our, our footing. You know, yeah. we're still getting used to how. Honestly, we're if you make just work. took the beginning credits and the posting credits, that's your movie. That's yeah. all you So, need. do we want to talk about post credit scenes for newbies? Because this podcast is definitely targeted toward newbies. Um, one big thing to know with Marvel is that in most of the movies, I think Avengers Age of Ultron is the only one that does not have an after credit scene, um, there will be a little clip hidden either midway through the credits and or at the very end. Um, and usually this will lead right into the next film um, or set up uh, you know, another part of the franchise, or sometimes it's just a fun little Easter egg, and it's usually worth sticking around for. So when you're in the theater uh, at the end of a Marvel movie and you see people get up, like culturally, the real fans know. Okay, you're, you're yeah. new to this. This, if you know what's happening, you know you got to stay in that seat. Well, they make them worth watching. They they make them major plot points now because they true. because everybody knows that there will be one. So now they're putting important plot information in a lot of them. That's fair. And I mean, in some of the films, they put them so far at the end of the credits because they know, like, they know everyone's gonna wait for it. Right. And everyone does. Um, like in Infinity War, the post credit scene is. Pretty important. All I didn't right. know about end credit scenes for a while. So. Oh no! Yeah. Did that hurt your experience watching these? 
Or... Not really. Okay. After you told me that they were a thing, I kind of just watched all of them. Fun. Like, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. All right, so Incredible Hulk, it's unanimous. Yeah, yeah. Never watch this movie. Please, you yeah. do not need to experience this. I mean, it also, the actor, <laughs> also, like, if you are completely new to the MCU, the actor playing the Hulk in 90% of the movies is not the one in this movie. Right. Which is, you know, just... That's a really cool thing that Marvel's done, is that for the most part, with a couple exceptions, yeah. um, which that's one thing we didn't mention in Iron Man, is we do have Terrence Howard playing yeah. uh, our good War friend War Machine, yeah. and then he gets replaced by Don... Oh, Rhodey. Well, War Machine Rhodey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, Iron Man, he's not. Lee's not a fan of Rhodey. But as someone that loves Don Cheadle, I'm I'm here for it. Okay, okay. We might get into that in this next one. Iron Man 2, which was released in 2010. With the world now knowing that he's Iron Man, Tony Stark faces pressure from all sides to share his technology with the military. He's reluctant to divulge the secrets of his armored suit, fearing the information would fall into the wrong hands. This movie features Pepper Potts, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, and Tony Stark's best friend, Rhodey, who in the last installment was played by Terrence Howard, but from this point forward is replaced by Don Cheadle. Tony must forge new alliances and confront a powerful new enemy. So with Iron Man 1, we sort of said was worth watching because of how it establishes Tony Stark in the MCU. For Iron Man 2, I very strongly feel, more so than Iron Man 1, that you don't need this movie. Yes, it sets up a lot of the Avengers, but there's nothing that it sets up that you don't get at the beginning of the movie. I I agree. I think it's skippable. It's definitely skippable or kind of a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's worth watching, but I don't need to come back to it. I need need to watch it again. I think one important thing to highlight in this movie is the fact that it introduces Black Widow, which once again, yeah. Yeah. talk about a character who has an incredible introduction to the Avengers. That yeah. first scene with well, her is it, so good. In the Avengers, the way they introduce her is so compelling. Yes. Like, I'm okay with that. She yeah, was... being said, I would love her own origin movie, which, oh, absolutely. Are, which is like, you know. But, yeah, yeah, with the likes of Wonder Woman and Red Sparrow, you sort of go, why hasn't this yeah. been a thing? Um, absolutely. So overall, Iron Man 2, skippable. Yeah. Thor, released... In 2011, as the son of Odin, king of the Norse gods, Thor, played by Chris Hemsworth, will soon inherit the throne of Asgard from his aging father. However, on the day that he is to be crowned, Thor reacts with brutality when the frost giants enter the palace, in violation of a treaty. As punishment, Odin banishes Thor to Earth, where he meets physicist Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman. While Thor's brother Loki, who's played by Tom Hiddleston, plots mischief back in Asgard, Thor, now stripped of his powers, must learn to be less egocentric and hot-headed to become worthy of returning to his rightful place in Asgard. So the first Thor, a lot of people aren't crazy about this movie. I actually love this movie. I I was thinking about it earlier, and I would venture to say it's not worth watching. However, it is imperative to watch in order to set up Loki. Well, with setting up yeah. Loki, like, setting up Asgard in general have, and Thor's origin. That's the only reason I honestly... It's Loki's backstory, frankly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, and that's the important part. He's the yeah. main reason that you do have to watch Thor 1. So, yeah. and also and with Thor... my friend thinking, why is this guy a top one? Oh, yeah, because his introduction, yeah. I will say in Avengers, his introduction is literally just, he's, he's there, there. And you don't really get much of a backstory. And so, I, I, for that reason, I feel like this movie 
is definitely worth watching. I know, I, I agree, and I also think Thor is cool because it's the first, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the first Marvel movie that sets up um, kind of out of this world. Yes, yeah. oh, we leave that, absolutely. And it really goes, that, like, they really expand on that as the, like, films continue. They really can expand on the fact that, like, there are other people, other places no, that they right. have to the deal with. And, um, otherwise, with. you get to other movies and you're like, wait, now we're talking aliens? Yeah, and not just exactly. aliens, but like gods, like demigods. Yeah. And what does that like, mean absolutely. in this world, science yeah. versus magic and all and that? And not just people, and right. like absolutely. creatures, and, and yeah, I think that's I think that's really important to set up. I love this movie oh, because yeah. it's like the enchanted of superhero movies. Yeah. It's this beautiful fish out of water. No, um, absolutely not. Enchanted is a wonderful movie. Yeah. And, and I did not this, say the same with Thor. I think this movie's a wonderful movie. I think Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth are adorable yeah. together. While I absolutely agree that there are certain elements to this movie that make it a must-watch, I don't find it very compelling. Okay, so you it's it's a must it's a is it a must-watch or worth watching for you? I think it's a must-watch. You're not going to care about so many of the following movies if you don't watch it. First yeah. door. Um, so must watch. I also put it as a must watch. Yeah, but you know, um, you know what else? I'll, you know what else I'll say about Thor though. Just in general, um, I think his relationship with Loki is also really important to establish that. Like again, with that's, that backstory, I think that's really exciting to watch. Right and I think that uh, the thing about Thor is that the in regards to the plot, it's not the most original plot. You know, that fish out of water water thing and also like, you know, the idea of like someone like starting like kind of arrogant and like kind of finding reason not to be. That, I mean, even Iron in Man. Iron Man. Yeah. 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 And yeah. also in Doctor Strange. True. Like, that yeah. is not the most original film there's ever been, like on any level, like Marvel or aside. And I think that's why it kind of like I think that's why it does feel like is it like that great of a movie, but just in it has its I think it really does have its place. Right. So overall, must watch, must watch. I'm saying worth. I'm saying worth, worth. watching, but uh, I do agree that it. I mean, it depends on. Do you, I guess it depends on. Do you look at the movies as movies that you'll enjoy and like for entertainment value, or for just establishment and like a That's fuller fair. understanding of the MCU? So. That's fair. So I'd say worth watching. Okay, worth watching. Would you say it's worth? I must. don't feel like Thor ever really gets another like backstory. So if you don't know this, you don't understand. I, for the same reasons so as Iron Man, watch. I would yeah. yeah. I would say must watch, but one and done. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fair. I also put it as a must watch. Yeah. Captain America: The First Avenger, released in 2011. It's 1942, and Steve Rogers, played by Chris Evans, wants to do his part to join America's armed forces in the Second World War. Unfortunately, the military repeatedly rejects him due to his small stature and various ailments. Finally, Steve gets his chance when he is accepted into an experimental program that turns him into a super soldier and takes on the mantle of Captain America, joining forces with his best friend Bucky Barnes, played by Sebastian Stan, and Peggy Carter, played by Haley Atwell. Captain America leads the fight against the Nazi organization known as Hydra. Next up, my favorite Avenger, the first Avenger, Mr. Yeah. Captain America. Oh my gosh. So I love this movie. Holds a special place in my heart. Some people give this one, uh, you know, kind of a rough review. For a lot of people, he's just good for good sake, and, and there's not a lot of. He's just like that movie. I the, get I that. Maybe he's very much a Boy Scout. And he, I get that, that, but I do think that they need that they in need their that. ensemble. And those. 
kinds of people do exist. They do. That's yeah. so just because you can't relate to that in your own life, I mean That's fair. So for some yeah. people they might not grab onto this movie. Yeah. Um but especially for his origin, especially for the whole it's it's a World War Two period piece. Um I've seen this movie ten times. No, that's what I I love about it, though, is that it is kind of like taking a different setting, and it's just showing these superheroes emerging from all kinds of places and time periods, which, again, like, same with Thor. Like, it just, like, sets up, like... Different, different places everyone's coming from when when they eventually come together, which makes it a lot more interesting. So overall, Cap, worth watching, must, must watch. see, and frankly, I mean, it still makes my top five. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't make my top five, but it's definitely top I ten. I think it's solid. I loved it at the time, and I still love it going back to it. Is it the same as some of the other like big ones? No, but I think it's just a solid movie. Okay, yeah. so for you... Must. Must watch. I'm going to say worth watching. Worth I, watching. I do really enjoy it, though. But it, it, the other thing that's interesting about it is when we are talking about kind of a war set superhero movie is that that's also something that was explored in Wonder Woman that Very came out true. where everyone was... With another Chris. With another Chris in a plane. Which everyone uh, kind of treated as, like, a very groundbreaking thing. When she, but, like, Captain America did do that, in, even including, like, using his shield. Right. Like, There's know, a lot of... That was one of my greatest Wonder Woman. I'm like, I, I appreciate a leading female, but yes. don't, don't copy my, my yeah. favorite. Don't do that. Um, worth watching, must watch. I'm going to say must watch because this is the first movie I watched after Homecoming. And, and this was a like good introduction? got me into it. And it was, yeah, that is a good first one to watch. Yeah. I think, okay. yeah. first Avenger, because it's before Well, chronologically, I mean, not like... Yeah. Is, he, is he your favorite, He's Adam? favorite superhero. Okay. Um, and I also put it as a must-watch, I would say, at this point. The Avengers, released in 2012. When Thor's evil brother Loki, once again played by Tom Hiddleston, gains access to the ultimate power of an energy cube called the Tesseract, Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., played by Samuel L. Jackson, initiates a superhero recruitment effort to defeat the unprecedented threat to Earth. Joining Fury's dream team are Iron Man... Captain America, the Hulk, now played by Mark Ruffalo, Thor, and Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, as well as Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner. So finally, the final Phase 1 movie, the big one, The Avengers. Yeah. I mean, first of all, let's get this out of the way, Universal must watch. Must watch. It is one of the best Films. It's a groundbreaking yeah. film. It is. Like, especially with, um, it's, it kind of is what launched Marvel's crossover, um, which, which is like, you know, their bread and butter now. Like, that's, right. that's yeah. what they're known for, and that's what we want in their movies, and that's what they've continued banking on. And that, like, that was just a very ambitious project to do in the first time. It was unheard of at the time. Right. It's, and you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's just a well-written film. Yeah, it's a good Because, I mean, you know, you can't necessarily say the same with some of the other scripts that uh, came previously or even after. Yeah. But Joss Whedon just, he blew it out of the park. He did. He did the right amount of dramatics, which you must have because it is a superhero film. But he had the right amount of comedy, and he didn't like try to overdo it like so many people do nowadays. But it was just so well written and integrated. Yeah, well, I feel like every member of the team had a purpose. Every member, there was no, with the exception of uh, a certain eye in the sky who sort of gets, uh, you know. Uh, no spoilers, uh, who gets underutilized for certain reasons. But in general, these characters are all used really well. There's not a member where you're like, ah, you could have cut them. Every yeah. person in this story has a function, 
and it's just enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and like I was saying um, with the first Iron Man movie about that tone, I think this is the movie where they kind of perfect that that Marvel style. That, yes, 100%. That has completely, yeah. like, they really found themselves in this one and, like, really perfected it. And it's not just about one-liners, because they, they have a lot of really excellent one-liners that, mm -hmm. and I think that they've done a really good job of making sure that the one-liners don't slow down the action or the momentum. Mm -hmm. That's something that they've gotten really good at. Um, but also, it's not just, oh, we're throwing a line to this one character. The characters all still have a very specific um, like personality, and the jokes yes. like suit their specific character, which is Absolutely. unusual, because in a lot of like movies with like comedy lines, it's sort of anyone could have said it, but with them, it really, like, they've got their unique personalities in place in the movie. I understand that reference. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That is, yeah. I mean, that's an issue that we both take in a subsequent film. <laughs> the horrible yeah. one. <laughs> so we'll get but, to that. Yeah, that's uh, also what I mean by Joss Whedon. It's just, yeah. He's brilliant, and he knew exactly how to write it. So yeah. basically, if you're going to watch a Marvel movie, if you're not watching this and movie, you can you say start you're with just going to watch it. You can, you can and we'll start with it and like fall in love with the characters that way, and then go back. You really can start with it and totally. love it. Totally. Um, let's move on to phase two real yeah. quick, and then let's hit, definitely hit, the viewing order for a newcomer. Yeah. So, phase two uh, starts off with Iron Man 3. We then get Thor The Dark World, uh, sequel to the first Thor, Captain America The Winter Soldier, uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, then we get the next big crossover event, Avengers Age of Ultron, and we end the phase with a little palate cleanser, as Lee likes to say, um, Ant-Man. Iron Man 3, released in 2013. Following the battles in the Avengers, Tony Stark has been suffering panic attacks and insomnia after his near death in the events of the Avengers. As a result, he's isolated himself from the outside world, obsessively building powered suits to try and take his mind off of what happened to him, which causes friction with his now-girlfriend, Pepper Potts. Tony has to work through his anxieties when a new, powerful terrorist threat known as the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley, threatens to destroy everything Stark holds dear. So we're coming off of the Avengers, which that is a rough place to be in. How do you follow up one of the biggest crossover films ever? I mean, it's interesting because when you and I originally rewatched it back when the second Avengers came out, mm -hmm. you said it was one of the worst things in the world. I know, I definitely... so dead set against it. And I hadn't actually seen it before. I just missed it when it came out. And mm. so it was really interesting to me to watch it. And is it necessary and vital to the plot? No, but it's an interesting lead up to where the next Avengers takes us. I would definitely say it's worth watching. It's worth watching opinion. for sure. But it, do you have to? No. But it puts us in the perfect setup for Age of Ultron because mm. otherwise... You know, people might wonder, how did we get here? Why did he right. decide to start doing no, I would not start this movie by of experiments? Well, I I kind of feel like in Iron Man three, because correct me if I'm wrong, because that's the one where we start establishing that Tony's got a little bit of like PTSD that like yes. plagues him. Such a compelling storyline. Well, that's one of the really, major plot points is because yeah. he keeps having these PTSD episodes. Yeah, and yeah. that's uh, and that's like the first time that we really see that character like having those moments and like that continues on the whole time and that's really that's really interesting and that's really like kind of a little bit of a dark character development that that I, I like that touch but I also I also feel like they made 
they made Tony Stark so interesting in the context of the other Avengers and of the other characters that once you start getting these movies where it's almost like I'd rather see him in the big crossovers and not so much on his own after huh, a certain interesting. point. Interesting. And I'd say that even for some of the other the other superheroes, not to say they're not enjoyable, but just they're so much better together that totally. it's almost yes. made it it's almost made it that like I don't care as much when they're on their own. And I also never found Pepper to be all that compelling. I'm not crazy about Pepper either. But I think you you hit an interesting point. I think strategically when watching these films, a good way to view them is just you know, go for the crossover events. But if there's a character that you connect to, then yeah. their individual movies are probably more worth watching. Because, yeah. um, for instance, if you don't care about Thor, you yeah. know, then there's no need, we'll get to Thor 2 in a second, but there's no need to watch any of his sequels. But you'll still run into him when the Avengers yeah. team up. Well, or... a, a, weird, um, a weird way of, like, explaining it, like, this is a weird reference, but when I watch Law & Order SVU, okay. I love watching them all style of crime together, and I could care less about the episodes where they delve into their personal lives. Uh, yeah, I like them absolutely. together, I like them doing their job together, but then when they get into their personal lives, it's not as interesting. So oh. so when you're talking about these, it's just the... it's, it's and You almost would wonder if you would say... I wouldn't call it a mistake, but how, did Marvel make the crossovers and the big like roundups too good to follow up with the individual That's ones? Almost interesting. In the sense of must watching all of them, possibly. Yeah. However, I think it has its own separate arc, as I was saying, leading up yes. to the next one. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of um of the individual movies have cro- mini crossovers in them. Though. Sure. Yes. Well, they Absolutely. have to now because they yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, they exist in the same universe now, so everyone would ask, like, okay, Iron Man why went on an that? adventure. Where's Thor? Well, yeah, where's like, why this is this happening and no other superheroes that live in the same area? Like, they why all are hang they out in the New York Tri State area, apparently, so it's. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Like, anyway. later phase two movies really start oh. that. So, overall for you, Iron Man 3. Yeah, I think you can watch it. I don't really remember much of it. Okay. Because it was like one of the, like, the earlier ones that I watched. But it was good. Like, I remember it being good. I guess it's, like, worth watching. It was worthwhile, but you're not going to necessarily you know, revisit it exactly, or cherish it. Yeah. Um, so, as Lee mentioned, the first time I saw this movie, I was not very mm-hmm. uh, excited by it. I was not a fan of the big reveal later on in the film. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a big twist that I was angry about because I was like, you promised me something really cool and it turned out to be yeah. nothing. But in revisiting this movie, that's that's part of what makes this movie really special is that it's not... I mean, there are these big action sequences here and there, but the main plot is not about that. It's about yeah. this guy trying to deal with the responsibility that's now been thrust upon him. A guy who, you know, two movies, three yeah. movies ago, didn't give a crap about anyone else besides yeah. himself, and now he's, like, taking on this responsibility and trying to, uh, you know be conscious of his mental health and well they it's this is the film where they give tony stark a little more humanity and absolutely, not just absolutely. like gadgets and money and like mr quip machine yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely so i would say it's definitely a, a worthwhile watch um it's not a must watch no but it's if you're gonna watch these i would highly recommend checking this one out yeah thor the dark world released in 2013 Exploring Thor's relationship with Asgardian Allfather Odin, as well as Earthbound companion Jane Foster, Thor the Dark World follows the God of Thunder to the nine realms beyond Asgard and Earth as a new threat arises, seeking to plunge the universe into eternal darkness. Uh, let's talk about Thor the Dark World. Um, you know, once again, another movie that I gave a real hard time when I first saw it 
it's still not great. Um, <laughs> the only thing there are a few elements, including the relationship with Loki, a lot of Thor's, you know, family. Those relationships are very interesting in this movie. They are, yeah. Outside of that, the main actual villain and plot yeah. is not. But it's worth also it. kind of integral to where we're headed. So otherwise... we'll talk about this with Infinity War because worth watching for Infinity War is different than just worth watching yeah. in oh, yeah. general. No, I don't get me wrong. I yeah. do not say it's a must-watch, and I'm kind of on the fence about actually being a worth-watch. However, it does introduce us to Infinity Wars. And yes. Such. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which we'll get into that later. But I also, in our recent watching or reviewing... I think we started off very strong and we were like, oh, actually, maybe it is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think this halfway point, we were like, okay, it kind of loses steam here and when isn't it, so great. When it shifts from being about the character development yes. and actually focuses on the mission they're on and the actual danger that's at hand, that's when you lose me. Yeah. Um, well, I think, um, I think in terms of Thor and his development, I don't think it's super necessary. Mm-hmm. But again, like in terms of Loki, there are some interesting things in there. But also, it's I, still not imperative. Yeah, He's not the not, main focus. Right. Yeah, it's not. It's not super necessary. You know, and after, especially because like you learn so much about Loki in Avengers. And Loki's you know, he great. gets he don't gets such a big moment there. I would I would I would dare say it's skippable. I would I, I think it's skippable. I think this movie's yeah. skippable. So we got skippable. Yeah. Skippable. 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 Across the board. If you're a completionist and you want to experience all the MCU, you'll get to it. Maybe, I think yeah. in general, I think it's unanimously skippable. But for prepping for Infinity Wars, and we'll get into that later, I uh, yeah, there are things that happen in the movie that are important. Yeah, no, There's I'm just saying that happens literally. Literally. But I see, that I think, is the only reason you would ever need to watch it. Right. I think they're Otherwise, doing that on skippable. purpose. From a like, I think they're they know that they're doing oh, yeah. that. They're making sure that you kind of have to. I mean, of course, if you do miss one, you don't know what you've missed. So right. it's, you know... That's it, why we're here. Yeah, which, <laughs> That's why we're yeah, here to tell which you. Which can, you can see everything and it's still, like, fine without it. But just, you know, for that, like, fuller story, like, they know that, like, they're making sure that you have to see I all these mean, movies. That's why it's a franchise. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's such a successful franchise. Absolutely. So, overall, Thor the Dark World is definitely skippable. Captain America the Winter Soldier, released in 2014. Two years after the Battle of New York in The Avengers, Steve Rogers lives quietly in Washington, D.C. As he struggles to find his place in the modern world, Cap faces many moral dilemmas when he becomes suspicious of activities happening within the very institutes he fought to protect. He must team up with fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Black Widow and new hero Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, to battle a new threat, an assassin, known as the Winter Soldier. Captain America the Winter Soldier may be my favorite. There's, I have three films that I have a hard time ranking, you know, as a number one. They're sort of tied in my mind. Avengers is one of them. Uh, This is the second of these perfect, pretty darn close to perfect films, as far as Marvel's concerned. Lee, you're not a fan, which I am baffled by. I really do not like Cap 2. Um, I think the plot line's great. I think the characters are mostly great. Honestly, 
I had a real big problem with the Russo brothers. I think the filming of it... Who says that? Lee! Because this wow. was their first action movie, and they did not know how to handle it. I think they've subsequently gotten better. Yeah. I won't say perfect, but they don't know how to film an action sequence. It literally cuts from the action, so we can't even see what's going on. It's just a blur motion. And on top of that, you know, I'm someone who... I don't do great in, like... IMAX theaters or 3D, you know, I've grown out of it, but like, mm -hmm. it's not my favorite thing because mm -hmm. the movement bothers me. And for a movie like this, like, it's hard for me to watch one sure. on the level of actually seeing what's going on. Well, there's a lot of shaky also, cam in those actors. Yeah. So yeah. much shaky cam. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just, if you're just watching and like, okay, yeah, cool, they're fighting, great. But as someone who's also very interested in stage combat and have have done it a lot, it's like. Okay, cool. They're fighting. I wish I knew what they were doing. I don't yeah. actually see anything Visual landing because I just see people moving. Yeah. For all I know, no one's actually punching anyone. Like I see their arm, but I don't see any like mm -hmm. hitting. So yeah. I totally I get that. For me though, I that doesn't bother me enough to the point where I don't appreciate the things that are fantastic. I appreciate the film. things yeah. that are good, and it's not. I okay. If I pull out my list here of oh boy. what you made me rank, okay. you know, I also willingly ranked. Okay. It's not low down. It's lower on my list than you would think. Right. But it's still in the top ten. Okay. Like yeah. I don't, I don't dislike this movie. It's just hard for me to watch. And again, yeah. if we like cut out on most of the action level, sequences, yeah. I would probably really enjoy it. It'd be a political thriller, and I would mm. like it. Right. Yeah, I am. Um, I really like the Winter Soldier as a character. I know that not everyone does. I I really do. I just really like that character. Yes. Um, especially moving forward. But that said, I I think, and I I mean I can say this again later. I think you can watch the third Captain America movie without having seen this one. Oh, how dare you? I, oh I, no. I agree. I, but it's ooh. also it's a hard point because. I think we needed to establish uh, certain support. Well, there's certain things about the Winter Soldier's past that, that you need to know that happen in this movie. Well, I wouldn't even say for a Winter Soldier point of view, but from like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. point of view, yeah. you sure. need to know this movie. Because it brings up certain topics for other movies where you're like, There is a well, vital we're kind paradigm of missing shift things. in well, what, the MCU in this movie. Well, yeah. what I would say is, because um, I, I watched Civil War really recently a couple of days ago and uh, I hadn't seen Winter Soldier in a while mm -hmm. and I didn't remember it that well but I still I didn't feel like I needed you know I, I still got it like so I, would you say this movie's skippable I would say I would say worth watching worth watching okay okay no I wouldn't say it's skippable but I I think that they I think that sometimes they do give a lot of like establishment but also the sort of things that you can kind of fill in like not to without too much trouble without it totally Does that makes sense I, yeah. it's interesting but i really like the winter soldier as a character oh, he's like great. i really like him especially in like you know following movies cool sydney let's gush about this movie um Yay! so honestly i i get where you're coming from i totally yeah. get it. that being said in my opinion this movie's vital yeah. in certain ways yeah. um what awesome. what about this movie stands out for you no, I mean, just I'm a huge Captain America fan, and like everything that he's in, I'm automatically gonna be a fan of it because I just like love him. You like his him as character. a character, yeah. and also just like the whole like backstory point of this, and like everything that like connects to other things. 
Yeah, no. Makes it. Cap is in a really interesting position as a character. I think they did a really interesting. His backstory is fascinating. This this man out of time situation. Um, oh, that's one thing. Once we've sort of established things in my intro, I might tell people that if they don't want anything spoiled past a certain point, cut out. Yeah. And so, like, only listen up to Avengers, and then watch those movies, and then watch past. Yeah. So, we can talk about him being a man out of time. I, I mean, like. I think that's pretty established, the fact that we have first Avengers, and then Avengers. Right, that he's both in World War II and yeah. modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, so, for me, I actually say this is a must-watch. I think we yeah. have different grades, and that's fine with this. Yeah. So, must-watch. I, I would agree. I think it's a must-watch. Oh, okay. I have a hard time watching it oh, visually, yeah. Interesting. but I do think it's a must-watch because... Huh. I think it's a good film, and I think it's important to know what else is going on. It sets you up for Civil War. Yeah, it does. 100%. Spots, um, 100%. percent No, I definitely think it's a must-watch. I wish it had been done slightly differently, but definitely a must-watch. So, must-watch, must-watch. I'm going to say worth-watching. Worth-watching, yeah, okay. Must-watch. Must okay, yeah. so, uh, worth-watching to must-watch. Guardians of the Galaxy, released later in 2014. Out among the cosmos, brash adventurer Peter Quill, who likes to be known as Star-Lord, finds himself the object of an unrelenting bounty hunt after stealing a mysterious orb. When the true power of the orb and the menace it poses to the galaxy is discovered, Quill, played by Chris Pratt, is forced into an uneasy truce with a group of intergalactic criminal misfits. Rocket, a gun-toting raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper, Groot, a humanoid tree, voiced by Vin Diesel, the deadly and enigmatic Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, and the rage and revenge-driven Drax the Destroyer, played by Dave Bautista. Let's talk about the new kids in town. Um, so in the middle of all this Avengers mess, we have this brand new group of people thrown into the mix, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Must watch. Must, I love this Absolutely. movie. Must watch. Especially for the future of the MCU, but also as a movie. Yeah. It's, so good. It's a, it kind of takes it in a different direction that still like feels like home and still fits in everything, but it really ups like the quirky factor to yes. it yes in a way that really lands though and also it creates the first time you see with star lord um because the other heroes are flawed but they're still really cool oh yeah he's just not that like he's cool in the fact that he's not he's, like, a, he's, yeah. he's like a character study in toxic masculinity yeah. this guy is just like all wrapped up in like being awesome and being cool yeah and and it's so fun to he's watch this trying like, though yes you can see, you can see him trying where the other he's ones, trying so a little, hard there's a little yeah. more effortlessness with the other ones and he's cool. actually like i want to be this cool guy like right. call me star lord exactly like, and it really lands and it, and like that that whole crew that they established it's kind of it's sort of like they threw in all these like beloved characters in one movie then they all belong in that movie um, he became beloved in the span of one movie yeah where, like every member of this group of I never thought I would love a talking raccoon as yeah. much as I now do. Yeah. Like he's such and a I mean, honestly, I mean, the talking raccoon has one of the best arcs in the yeah, MCU, absolutely. I would argue. Which Ooh, is something I would does. have never taken seriously. Yeah, um, I, and I think um this movie just it it like takes in a different direction, but it's still like and again like it kinda same with Thor, like it really brings you like to the galaxy. Totally. It yeah. expands our literally expands our, our yeah. knowledge of the and universe. The music, and we really of get one of our first introductions to 
one of like the a major character. Yes, characters. I mean, we get yeah. Yeah, it's, a it's very to earlier, it's very but important. alluded to, but this is like a main introduction. And Big setup for Infinity oh, War. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I think it's a must watch in general, but I also think it is oh, it's a must watch for yeah. just without a great doubt. Film. Yeah. Yes. At first, I really didn't want to watch it because. <gasps> I liked the characters I already knew. Interesting. That's too, interesting. too many like, characters. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I like Captain America. I like Iron Man. I didn't like. I didn't want a new group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the movie, I was like, okay, fine. It's good. It's good. Like, yeah. So is it a universal must watch? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And also, just I want to touch on the music. Yes. Because that music. was that was a new kind of tool for them to use and so brilliant for them to kind of find a new like way to make things interesting it's kind of Baby Driver-esque where it's like it forwards the plot not to the same extent as Baby Driver I love that film but yes absolutely they use the music brilliantly and it also has a very big nostalgia factor absolutely which is you know again like untouched upon and it's just so cool it's not nostalgic for you Sydney (laughs) because once again exactly but it's okay they're saying that and it takes yeah I know it's from the 80s. Right. So okay, then. The yeah. 80s were when... What's the 80s? Oh, oh gosh. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Give yeah. it a watch. For sure. Avengers Age of Ultron. Released in 2015. When Tony Stark and Bruce Banner try to jumpstart a dormant peacekeeping program called Ultron, things go horribly wrong. And it's up to Earth's mightiest heroes to stop the villainous Ultron, played by James Spader, from enacting his terrible plan. This film also introduces Scarlet Witch, played by Elizabeth Olsen, Quicksilver, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, as well as other characters who I won't name here. We get to go on to the sequel to The Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron. How do we feel about this film? I liked it. I don't love it. You do not love this film? film. Okay. I, I mean, you know, I, I love it as much as I'll love any of the films, and again, like the big crossover, and I do think it's got some very important introductions in it, but I don't know, this one, it, it didn't, I thought that like, in if I had to rank the three Avengers films so far, I would put it third, like I would put Infinity mm-hmm. War ahead of it by far, you know what I mean? I have a hard time ranking Infinity War in general, so. I agree, but, I'm still but, not sure where it goes. It's, it's definitely not, a, I mean, it's not as crisp and like cleanly laid out as the first Avengers. Well, they just, they nailed it so much with the first Avengers. Totally. That they needed to follow it up with a really big thing. And it feels like the big follow-up we wanted from Avengers is Infinity War. Whereas yes. this movie was kind of, it was there and it like had its place. And they it, and tried a lot of things. Yeah, which was, yeah. And I do, again, like some of the characters in it are really cool and like good that we like got them, but. It's a big setup. I'm not sure yeah. I would say if you're doing your Infinity War starter pack, yes. But if we're talking like enjoyable films, I'm not sure. I'm kind of on borderline. It's a stepping for it. stone to get to the other movies. Yeah. In a although way. I will say, when we were doing our rewatch, I was kind of not looking forward to rewatching it, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I, I remembered enjoying it. Yeah. I did have that same experience as well. Um, there is a lot to appreciate about this film. I mean, it's still the Whedon era, yeah. so it's. I mean, Just it may not be a, amazing, it's very but good. it's harder. Objectively, it's a yeah. very good film. It's, yeah, no, I get some of the things feel bogged down by all this extra stuff that's thrown in. And, and uh, Ultron's a lot. Um, Ultron's a lot. It's kind of hard to see what exactly his whole, I mean, we get his premise, 
but it's kind of hard to necessarily what see what his robot, plan is. This hyper-intelligent like, AI. Like, in theory, it makes sense, but in Does action, it it's kind of like, well, yes. His plan is like, there's so many other ways that he could achieve his goal of no, that's what I mean. wiping out humanity. Yeah. The plan he goes no, with, no, he doesn't, no spoilers, there's better ways of going about that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That's the thing. His idea makes sense, but the plan just doesn't lead there and yeah. kind of establish what he actually seemingly wants gotcha. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, is this worth watching? I think it's worth yeah, watching. It's worth watching. You but... also get a lot of um, backstory for a character that's really important later on. Totally. Several. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. A few new editions. A couple new editions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I So, overall, it's worth watching. Not a must-watch. Not yeah. a must-watch, yeah. though. I would say that. Ant-Man, released in 2015. Armed with a supersuit, with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, burglar Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help Dr. Hank Pym plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. I saw this for the first time last night at like one in the morning. So coming fresh off of the Ant-Man train, what were you just psyched? So excited about ants and such. It was fine. I feel like it didn't really contribute to the Marvel world, like the story that we already have now. That's like going. I would absolutely agree. I think this movie is so skippable. I have to, I mean, I'll be fully upfront. This is the one that I haven't seen. Oh. I just, I didn't care to see it. And, and you're then, doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care to see it. And then based on what I heard about it, it didn't make me run out and see it. And then when I was kind of rewatching a few for Infinity War, it just... It just didn't seem necessary, and I don't feel like I've missed anything from it. Even when he pops up later, it, I didn't. You feel don't like, need to know his backstory. Yeah, it's it. It just doesn't. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it's like a fine film, but you know, it's interesting because I really liked it when it initially came out, mm -hmm. and when I rewatched, I was like, it's okay. And Tony actually said the script's pretty terrible, and I can't disagree. Yeah. Um. It's, uh, it's a good palate cleanser, but it is completely skippable. It is As someone very, who skipped though, it, I right. found it to the be very one, skippable. Exactly. The one thing I will say that I love about it is their action sequences yeah. are incredible. If you yeah. can just watch clips from Ant-Man in the, in the battles, yeah. they're fun to watch. I it will is absolutely easily one of the best action sequences or fight sequences yeah. we have in the Marvel universe. It's very creative. The end is very cool. Yeah. Yes, yes, that, that whole... But completely skippable. Yeah. yeah. I also, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm blanking on him. Corey Stahl. I'm a big fan of Corey Stahl, and I feel like he was very wasted. In oh, absolutely. His character is, is pointless. Pointless and terrible. I mean, like, and, and for such a great yeah. actor. No, you know, no issue with him, but just, yeah, yeah the script. It's not that interesting. Paul Rudd is charismatic, but he's, he's great, not but yeah. that interesting. He can't make the movie, especially like considering how great he is in the follow ups. Like, it's just unnecessary, like you said. It's not that really interesting of a character. Because I feel like he's I, flying I mean, he's in the next movie good. he's in. But well, they're just they have so many superheroes in the comics to pick from. Yeah, right. and I just don't feel like Ant Man is the one that we've all been waiting for. They tried, you know. You know? They tried. Yeah, swing and a miss. I'll agree with like, that. Did we need Ant Man? No, no, yeah. I did not. So skippable, 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 quite skippable, and that gets us through phase two. Welcome to the Starter Pack segment. Here is where we talk about 
where to start. We've got three movies to recommend to you. You've never seen any Marvel movies. Where do you start? What will convince you to phase watch? Phase one and two. For the whole for MCU. The whole, you can use phase, movies. just phase one. You could use some of phase one and phase two. Oh, no. I'd be very surprised if you just used phase two, Oof. but who wants to start with their thoughts on, if you have three limited movies? time, three movies? In order or just like whatever three? The best viewing order to get someone into the MCU. In, to, this okay. isn't that to set up Infinity War. Probably. No, this is just to establish I'm interest in the franchise. I'm going to say Cap 1, Avengers, Guardians. Guardians. Oh, I was gonna say Guardians and Avengers as well. I'm a little on the fence about the third one, but I I think just to if you want to see like a classic superhero origin story, like because mm-hmm. if you're not into those, you're not gonna like a lot of them. True. I think I agree with those three. Okay, that's interesting. I I feel like what were we thinking? Yeah, I was definitely gonna say Cap One and Avengers, but I don't know what my third. Was. So the third slot's interesting. I love the Guardians, and I would love for this first time viewer to get to see them. And they really do represent a whole different part of the MCU. That being said, I would hope that they get hooked enough that they will get to that immediately. That third slot for me, I feel like, is what's going to be the most highly contested part. I was stuck between two. I was thinking, first cap, definitely Avengers. If you put Thor in there... I, I would I would, I see where that is. Because it establishes yeah. that you could have these separate movies. It, it literally is just the formula. It shows A plus B equals C. Yeah. You know, it shows you watch this movie, you watch this just other unrelated movie. Guess what? They're both related. I think that's okay. a very interesting mm-hmm. introduction to how the MCU works. Um, the other combination I was sort of stuck between where you take out four is go Cap 1, Avengers, Cap 2. Because also... Cap 2 is a great film, and I would love for anyone yeah. getting into the MCU to have seen that. And it also shows that, like, Captain America, he teams up, but he also has his own storyline outside of the team up. Well, I think the fact that if we do Cap 1 and Avengers, it kind of shows that. But I think having Guardians in there, I mean, as Guardians kind of like a people pleaser. Yeah, I don't it is. know many people who dislike it. Yeah. So it kind of shows you what else it has to offer. And if you're kind of, you know, on the fence of, like, I don't know. It seems like a little slow or... Like, I mean, I don't think the Avengers is... If, if No, I, my, I don't my, think it is. My but, thought process is if they're going to see the Avengers, they're going to be hooked. I, that's I my... Would, I'm baking. I, I don't generally disagree. agree with that, but... And if they're not, then they shouldn't watch But I movies. think... I feel... I mean, granted, this may be the big difference between my love in Cap 2 or not, but I feel like you would want to show what the best movies the MCU has to offer is. Yeah. That's true. And also with Guardians, um, I feel like they, they, once they took that step in the direction of Guardians going forward, they're following a lot more in that vein. So it kind of shows like what they were doing, what they're doing now. Because if you want someone to really kind of get into that universe and watch them all, you don't want to just show them what it started with. You want to show them like, like the, kind of like a little bit of a tone shift. Totally. Absolutely. And I, I think what's smart about the Guardians choice is the fact that it is so removed yeah. from the main plot that, you know, in trying to get someone interested, you, nothing spoiled for things that yeah. lie ahead. I mean, it does release date-wise jump ahead. It was kind of, like, when it came out, it was kind of refreshing. It was. Because it was, like, it almost felt like, okay, these stories are getting very intermixed and a little convoluted even, and right. finally it's like, oh, like, it was almost like a breather, and now that they've 
brought that back in, it works. Well, and I think from a business standpoint, it's smart because there are these films that get dropped in that are sort of like a starting point. Like Black Panther is that, you know, you don't need to have seen anything else to go see Black Panther. You can just drop right in. Same with Guardians, same with Ant-Man, even though it's not my favorite. It did serve that purpose to be like, if you want to jump on this bandwagon right now at the present time, Mm -hmm. you can do that with this movie. Um, But I I do have to say that probably makes sense. Um, I, I mean, we would obviously tweak this if we were knew if we knew the individual we were talking about of course you know, yeah. um the taste can there's certain people that we know that would not like certain movies oh there are certain people i know who aren't a fan of like more f- supernatural fantasy elements and so guardians of the galaxy might not be their thing and i for them i would swap in a winter soldier knowing or who and you're I mean, talking to <laughs> yes and absolutely winter soldier would be the perfect one to swap in right and there are some people that, I mean, I think generally these movies are universally well-liked, yeah. um, but there are some people that just aren't, like, even if they see one, they might enjoy it, but they're not going to seek out another one. Right. Yeah. Which so is, I or think... there's some people who just don't love the genre. Yeah. And so, you know, you might want to switch it up for that, or even to some extent, Guardians, they're not superheroes. Yes, they kind of fill that void. Yeah. It, but, yeah. you know... It's they don't fit the stereotypes. Exactly. Yeah, they don't. They're not your cut and paste. I'm a superhuman yeah. Superman person yeah. who has like no personality the and fights things. Like to Cap in every way. Absolutely. Yeah. They live much more in a gray area than Cap does yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. Overall, um, I would say definitely first Captain America, uh, definitely the first Avengers. And depending on which film sounds more interesting to you personally, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a great choice. Yeah. Um, but if you know, a really whimsical space opera with a talking raccoon doesn't sound like it'd be your thing, I'd say that third choice could also be Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you watch these three films and you're not sucked in, then the MCU probably isn't for you. And that's yeah. fine. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. I'd say give these three films, you know, that third slot is sort of interchangeable chance and uh, you're probably good. Yeah. Great segment. Good job. Thank you so much for listening to part one of the podcast. Uh, this was so much fun to make. I just want to thank Lee Friedman, Dev Mina, and Sydney Shuck one more time. Uh, and if you want to hear the rest of our conversation, be sure to tune in next week. We are covering the rest of the Marvel movies, as well as uh, telling you what you need to watch in order to simply catch up. You know, if, if you simply just want to watch the newest releases like Avengers Infinity War or Ant-Man and the Wasp, but you don't want to be worried about missing important details, we'll give you the streamlined sort of uh, movie marathon guide in that episode. Uh, Yeah, and I guess that's just about it. Follow us on social media. We are at fandom underscore handbook. That's at F-A-N-D-O-M underscore H-A-N-D-B-O-O-K. And be sure to listen and rate the podcast on iTunes. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. And with all that said, that's really it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Tony Pinella. Until next time, nerd out.